You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I'm your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us today on the show. But before we get to the show, you know what we got to do. You got to hit us up on all those social media outlets. On the Twitter, we are at TNWPod. On Instagram, we're at uh, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, send us a Gmail. If you send us a Gmail... Uh, make it out to talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Also, um, where else? On Facebook. You can see I find us on Talking Wrestling Facebook. Uh, where do you listen to us? If you listen to us on Spotify, we are on Spotify. Give us a like or a follow or whatever you do on there. Give us a heart if that's still the thing. Uh, if you're uh, listening to us on iTunes, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you give us a five-star rating and a favorable review, we will send you a postcard of a wrestler from the 80s. Uh, many wrestlers to choose from, whether it be Junkyard Dog, Jerry Lawler, Kevin Sullivan, Barry Windham, Kevin Von Erich, Kerry Von Erich, uh, these wrestlers, uh, Ric Flair, these, all these, the fantastic ones, all these are, are still available. So get the reviews in there and let us send you a postcard. Let us put a stamp on a postcard. Wouldn't you like a postcard from Canada of a wrestler from Canada? Yes, I would. But Rick Martel is already gone, folks. Um, but, yeah, get those postcards out there. Uh, today, uh, you know, we got a great show for us. But uh, before we get to the show, uh, we, have an, uh, we have a little advertisement. You might have heard it last week, and if you haven't, uh, you're going to hear it again right now. So uh, play the ad, and then uh, we'll get to John Sheenan. John Sheenan, our guest from Newfoundland, will be coming up in a little bit. But first, uh, to this commercial, and then the show right after the commercial. Enjoy. Get excited for a muck! It's a limited series comedy podcast, 11 years in the making, in the style of old-timey radio theater. Amok! It takes a look at our planet in a post-utopia world and wonders what happens after we achieve economic perfection. And it's also got a goblin, ape judges, Bette Midler, and 300 billion worth of porno from the moon. That's pornography from the moon. Here's a quick trailer. Welcome to the Earth Empire, voted best planet in a sweeping global ballot. What makes us so great? Money! That's right, lots of money. And we here at the Earth Empire Central Reserve make the planet's most versatile money money can buy. Support Earth's economy. Buy Earth money. Money. Oh, the choices you can have. The Earth Empire Central Reserve does not recommend not choosing money because that is one of the choices you do not have. Amok! It will be filled with wall-to-wall laughter and a little touch of sex and violence for the kids. Yeah! I'm really excited to hear what these guys got to come up with. But the folks making Amok are looking for your help to produce the podcast. 
donate to the campaign for a mock at www.gofundme.com slash amok radio. That's amok radio. A-M-O-K radio. The site also has some of their previous work, so please go check it out. And thanks for your help. Amok! And now, if you don't mind, that was the commercial. I hope you enjoyed the commercial and get excited for Amok! Uh, but folks, right now, uh, I got to throw to the studio where we have Casey Corbin standing by. Casey, take it away. Folks, joining me right now in studio uh, via telephone all the way from Newfoundland, a good buddy of mine, John Sheehan is on his show today. And uh, second time on the show, John, thanks for coming back. Yeah, no worries. I'm just it's, it's getting uh, weird. It's a deja vu, so it's great. Well, deja vus happen all the time. Some people say a deja vu could be, you know, starting a conversation and not hitting record on a podcast and then having to do it yeah. again. But others will say it's just a, a... We were on a roll, too. We were on a roll. Uh, for those of you who don't know... For those of you who didn't... Mikey, shut up. For I'm those sorry. of you... <laughs> what's going on in your end? I, I got two dogs about the fight. Holy... Riley and Mikey. Mikey's a, a Beagle Shepherd Cross and Riley's a Golden Doodle, which, you know, it's a fake dog. No, they're not real. Some, somebody made that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, at least I can believe a shepherd and a beagle did it. But there's no way, a, you know, a poodle and a retriever. We used to have, a Labrador. We used to have a dog, uh, a Sharpe Shepherd. How how is that oh, really? even happening? <laughs> That's either a disappointed shepherd or a dead Sharpe, <laughs> or 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 a really aggressive Sharpe <laughs> yeah. and a stepladder. You know, <laughs> you know, still <laughs> Yeah, the shepherd. You know, did they even notice? No, but no. you got the cutest German Shepherd with the smushiest face. Oh, such a! <laughs> these dogs should bang more often. There you go. That's a sentence every day. Yeah, on a wrestling podcast, folks. Hey, today we're discussing the. Uh, we're talking our our six favorite gimmicks and our and our uh, six least favorite gimmicks. So we're doing the best gimmicks and the worst gimmicks. Uh, in wrestling history, we're writing down our own lists, and uh, we're going to debate them and talk about them, and yep. uh, and uh, we're going to we might as well get to the list right now. Um, Absolutely, so, I'll start so, off. Go ahead, go ahead. We're going to start with the <laughs> we're going to have we're going to start with the worst with the worst uh, the worst gimmicks of all time. Here we go, John. Good oh, yeah. Some class. WWE has some classic gimmicks. I mean, I for my worst of all time, I ah. Uh, you know, it could go. It could go to anybody, really. But I got to give some props to Isaac Yankum DDS. Now, Isaac... this is Glenn Jacobs' character before he was Kane. Yes. You know, uh, six foot six or whatever he is, uh, four hundred plus pound dentist. I mean, what kid wouldn't be absolutely terrified? Well, you, you know, know, you know, and you think you think sometimes, okay, maybe they're creating this dentist because The Rock's going to come back in his Disney Tooth Fairy outfit. And the Tooth Fairy <laughs> can wrestle a dentist. And who would have been? Who wouldn't want to see that? Headline mania right there. That was your headline mania right there. Oh, it turns out the Tooth Fairy is <laughs> coming to take the teeth back, and the dentist DDS. And it, the best thing is, it wasn't any old dentist. It was Jerry Lawler's dentist. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Yes, that's right. Jerry yeah, Lawler's bringing in his dentist. teeth. Yeah. Just, to, just to up it, you know, because not only was he a dentist. He was a shit dentist. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he was responsible for more teeth being like he didn't he knock your teeth out. He didn't pull your teeth out. You know. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, he worked quick. So, you know, he was, he was great. It was a great turnaround for patience for him. Just uh, in, boom, out to goes the teeth next. So it's great. So for my worst six, uh, worst, uh, uh, worst uh, gimmick, um, a lot of times uh, movies will affect wrestling and movies ah! will, and will base. <laughs> I a, bet you a thousand dollars. I know what you're going to say. Well, I, I know. Well, maybe not. So, so movies <laughs> will have an effect on wrestling. For example, uh, there's a Japanese wrestler, uh, uh, Kushida, whose whole character is he's Marty McFly from Back to the Future, but he's Japanese. <laughs> That's his. He wears a he wears a vest, a plaid shirt. He has a, he has his watch. He's always looking at his watch. Like I saw, I first time I went to Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan show. I saw a guy dressed up like an Asian guy dressed up like Marty McFly. And I said to my friend Ryan McClellan, who's Filipino, I said, "Is do Asian people dress up as Marty McFly for at wrestling events? Is that a thing?" He goes, "I don't think so." And then later, I saw Kushida for the first time. I was like, "Oh, now I get it." But um, there's also a wrestler who's been on the show uh, by the name of Stone Rockwell, and he's a man of adventurer. Uh, he's a man of adventures, and he goes on adventures. And uh, he's an adventurer, and uh, he and his, and Stone Rockwell is from the town of uh, uh, Jones, Indiana, and uh, he's basically Indiana Jones. So wow. So basically, I he's a, so these are these are movie characters I like. Um, <laughs> Do they but, translate to the ring? Yes. However, this one after the popularity of Crocodile Dundee. The WWF decided we need All our right. own Crocodile Dundee, and they gave us Outback Jack. And Outback right. Jack is, uh, he would hit you with a clothesline instead of the front to the back of the neck, which wasn't good. Right. And uh, and he would have come down to the worst song, which was like, tie me kangaroo down, boy, tie me kangaroo <laughs> down. I'm like, what, what What kids show are we on? They would go watch fucking Outback Jack. You know, Outback Jack sounds like a chain of restaurants in Australia, you know, where... It does, yeah. yeah. Come to fucking Outback Jacks, where we got the best Outback Jacks, Flapjacks, and Happy Jacks all around, you know? like Didn't he, didn't he feud with the Skinner or something? No, the Skinner was... <laughs> you, you would, they probably did. Because one was a crocodile hunter, Skinner was a crocodile hunter, and Outback right. Jack, being from Australia, just assume he crocodile hunted to begin with. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Outback Jack is my is my least uh, favorite, and uh, this can go on yep. to many other. Uh, people. I thought for sure you were going with Zeus. Zeus. Well, well, I don't. You know what? Here's the thing. A couple weeks ago, during Oscar time, we did movies that um, right. that have wrestlers in them, and what are the greatest movies that have wrestlers in them of all time? And oddly enough, as bad as Zeus was in wrestling. Uh, if he would have never went into wrestling, he couldn't be in the dark. Well, he would still be in the Dark Knight, but he wouldn't be a wrestler. So the Dark Knight right. is one of the greatest movies involving a wrestler of all time because Zeus is in it. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so I I think Zeus is okay. Um, yeah, he, it wasn't his fault that he was really good in the movie No Holds Barred that was absolutely terrible. But that's um, true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and. So yeah, anyway, he ended up co-headlining. He ended up headlining SummerSlam. Wasn't it him and Kid DiBiase against uh, 
Hogan and Macho, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was uh, Hogan and Beefcake against Macho. Right, and, right, and, right, and right, right. But there was right. more, like, like for example, um, well, uh, Sting. Okay, when Sting was the surfer guy, I liked him. But then he left, right. and he changed his gimmick, and he comes back mm-hmm. as the fucking crow. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you can't just take Brandon Lee's character and make it yours because yeah. Brandon Lee's dead. Like, it's just to me, it makes, like, when when Hurricane, Shane Helms was the Hurricane, it was clear that he was a parody of uh, Superman because he was the reporter by day and the Hurricane yeah, at night. Exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. different. And his he's love not, for comics and Green Lantern was yeah, well known. He, yeah, exactly. But he's not trying to be the Green Lantern. He's just being no, my a character. God. But, this, but Sting yeah. was the crow. And he, then he just did nothing for two years. He just stood in the rafters. I'm the crow. And then, yeah. you know, if we and for the first couple of years, he actually had a crow with him, didn't he? Yeah, he had a crow right. with him. And then he had his fucking gimmick baseball bat. And then he had to fly down to the ring. Like, I just think if, if Sting was never the crow and Sting never flew down from the ceiling, then maybe Owen Hart would have never flown down from the ceiling. And maybe That's we'd true. still have Owen Hart. So, yep. I, sorry, no Sting. The Crow sucked, and I, that might be a hot take, but uh, The Crow sucked, and I liked uh, Surfer Sting as opposed to... No, when he was Crow Surfer Sting, Sting wasn't, he, wasn't he tag team with uh, Dingo Warrior at the time? At, at one point, he was, yes. yes he, he was. was. The yeah. Dingo Warrior went on to become the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior, which is a bit of a stretch. I don't know if he yeah. was the Ultimate Warrior. So Well, for, for a couple of years, he uh, he was doing... You know, they they started him off with kind of like a monster, uh, you know, a monster gimmick. Not a bad guy monster, but the Goldberg type who just beats down everyone, you know. And yeah. That, that was fun for a while, but Jesus, man, the Coke could only do so much. <laughs> you know, it doesn't do all the work. You got to yeah, throw yeah. in some. When, when you're all coked up, you might be the ultimate warrior, but your wife is at home and she's the ultimate warrior. Hey, shut up, Riley. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Oh, you're going to have to go see the doctor. I'm so worried. Ah, the ultimate warrior. <laughs> Um, so who do you have for, uh, your number five on the most, uh, most disliked gimmicks? Oh, the boogeyman. The, the worm eater, the boogeyman. Yeah. That was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Has he ever wrestled a match? Have you ever actually <laughs> seen him in a match? Yeah, I've seen him in a match. I don't even recall ever seeing him in a match. It's so weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was in a few matches. Uh, he, he, he worked with the undertaker. Yeah, you know, trying to be the guy who scared the Undertaker, and uh, he beat Booker T at WrestleMania. Yeah, worms don't bother. Um, worms don't bother the Undertaker. Turns out, uh, cucumbers bother the Undertaker. <laughs> cucumbers? <laughs> yes, they put cucumbers in the Undertaker's boots, and he'd get all fucking freaked out. Apparently, he hated <laughs> he hated cucumbers. Wow. Uh, wow. yeah. So yeah. So so yeah. So we got. Uh, we got so yeah so who who did we just say there we just said uh, the, the the boogeyman. Um, yes, the boogeyman. Yeah. Um, for me, not only uh, my number five is not only um, do gimmicks affect wrestlers. Like a gimmick is uh, comes time the wrestler's persona. It's sometimes an accessory or a weapon that the wrestler may carry with them. But sometimes yeah. matches are gimmicked, and uh, sure. and I included some of these gimmick matches in my list. And uh, my number five least favorite gimmick, scaffold matches. 
I hated scaffold matches. Oh my gosh, I remember scaffold matches. Dude. I saw one. It was a ta- it was a multiple tag teams. Yeah, back in the day, it was an a- it was an NWA event, I believe. Yes, it would be like the the Road Warriors against the Midnight the Express. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, and you're 25 feet above the ring. You got four yeah. guys that are wrestlers, and they're all afraid of heights. And for some reason, yeah. they're on a scaffold trying to beat each other up. Poor Jim Cornette fell 25 feet and broke both of his knees when yeah. he landed. And I was just like, it was the most useless, awkward, awkward boring. Like, the only thing was, oh, my God, they're going to fall off. That was the, that right. was the, the – but everything – but the match, you can't do moves on a scaffold. It's just – it's just – it was a horrible match, a horrible idea, and I'm glad it's never resurfaced. So, scaffold <laughs> matches. Agreed. Agree. Get rid of them. Uh, what do you got for uh, wait, like your, your number four? Four worst gimmicks. Yeah, your, your uh, worst. Uh, your yeah, okay. Let me let me, th- th- let me think for a second. Let me think for a second. What was the? Um, there was a guy who was kind of a predecessor to um, Bray Wyatt, but he was it. It didn't go over well. He had a tattoo of a knife on his. I think on his head. The hell was that guy's name? Demento. No, it wasn't Demento. No, was he it had Danny uh, and Demento. Waylon Mercy. Waylon Mercy. Yes. Yeah, Waylon Mercy. He would. He, he. They were trying to do like a Cape Fear thing with him, right? He had the. He had the hair slicked back and the tattoos and. Yeah. Uh, trying to play like a smarmy, nice guy that would fucking kill you, you know? Yeah. And it just, it just made it was just creepy as hell. Yes, I do remember that Waylon Mercy, and I do remember. Uh, yeah, because I, I, when I saw Bray Wyatt. I always thought, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's such Cape Fear, you know. That's uh, he's trying to be the guy from Cape Fear. So, but uh, Whale and Mercy, the predecessor to it, agreed. Terrible, get rid of him. Um, for me, we've already touched upon this one. Uh, I got the old uh, fake Diesel and fake Razor. Oh, yeah. So there was a yeah. time when uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash uh, left for WCW. However, they were not allowed to go as they were wrestler characters, which were Razor Ramon and Diesel. And um, even though they'd never said that they were Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they just alluded to themselves being their characters on the invasion of of the WCW. Uh, It was quite funny because you would have Jim Ross saying, Next week, coming up on Raw, we got Razor Ramon and Diesel will be here. Yeah. And, of course. I think that was also a failed attempt at making uh, Jim Ross a a heel. Oh, well, yeah, because he was supposed to manage him. And the thing is, is like, you know, he shows up with the fake Diesel and turns out everybody's upset because fake Diesel's just a goddamn dentist from two months ago. And uh, from Isaac Yankum has now become fake Diesel. And, Mm -hmm. uh... Scotty Riggs, uh, remember who a guy that would be part of Razor's flock eventually. I think it was, it was Scotty Riggs, or was the name, or maybe it was some Rick somebody. I can't remember. Right? Was but, he fake Undertaker? No, a fake Undertaker no. or the Underfaker was um, was Brian Lee from DOA. Oh right, okay, I heard that name before. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Razor Ram- uh, Ramon, I believe, was a guy named Rick Titan. That was his name, okay. I think. And uh, he wasn't that bad. To be honest, he wasn't that bad. He looked like Razor. He kind of, you know, like Razor's just a Scarface ripoff anyway. Oh, that's all, yeah. You know, yeah. like, like yeah. Something really, happened to this gold, something going to happen to you. Yeah, and yeah. nobody, yeah. yeah, something happened to this Coke, something's going to happen to you. you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah. but it's just like uh, Scott Hall never. When Scott Hall got over his razor, he never needed razor to be over and over again. He just kept the the machismo and everything. So, but fake diesel and fake razor, they didn't get over. It was horrible, and uh, yeah, it's got to go. So get out yeah. of here. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, what am I on now? Number three. Number three. Yeah. Number three, bad gimmick for me. I got to go with the Mountie. Because I thought Jacques Rougeau and well, the Rougeau brothers were a great tag team. Love them. And I thought, uh, I thought he could have been a great singles wrestler, either one of them. But uh, I thought the Mountie was a horrible gimmick. I thought they saddled him with that. And it just, uh, the, uh, the fans just never bought into it. I like He had you... a couple of good mid-card runs, but I didn't think it was anything. I really enjoy how you used the word saddled when the Mounties are famous for riding horses. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you got that. Of course. Of course. We, <laughs> hey, you don't become uh, a world-class uh, comic like yourself unless you, you're slipping in saddle <laughs> saddle lines in yeah, the no. wrestling podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you picked up on that. That was totally intentional. Hey, the um, <laughs> now personally, I, okay, this is actually true at Survivor Series. I went to Survivor Series down in Los Angeles this year or last year. Yeah, and uh, after the match. You know, great card, great show. We're leaving. I'm with my buddies. We're walking. We're two blocks away from uh, from the Staples Center. And who do I see coming down the street? Fucking Ray Rougeau. Uh, no way. Yeah, he's with his wife. He's walking down the street because he does the uh, commentary for the, the French uh, at every show. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. It's Ray- Raymond Rougeau. It's Raymond Rougeau. Like, I grew up watching Montreal wrestling. And, sure, uh, yeah, and yeah. I love. And Jeez, like, that's back when Dino Bravo was a good guy champion. Oh, right? exactly. And I mean, he was. I used to. We used to be able to get AWA matches every two weeks <laughs> on this black and white TV. Oh, fuck, I'm old. Yeah, this black no. and white TV we had. Yeah, it's AWA matches every two weeks, and I'll never forget when I was. I flicked on AWA one night, very excited to watch it, and here I see the Macho Man. I realize, oh my gosh, this is the WWF. And I freaked out. We got WWF on our TV. We got WWF on our TV. Because <laughs> before that, for me, it was only the, I'd see the magazines every now and again, right? Yeah. But uh, it was, you know, I freaked out. And then the next week, it was back to AWA, and I was rotted. So for a while, there, it was going back and forth. Every So every two weeks, we got WWF. Every two weeks, we got AWA, right? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I remember those remember those Montreal matches. Those were great. Oh, I, I, I'm a big fan. I, so I was all nervous, and I went up, and I... Uh, I said, uh, I said, Ray Rousseau, I was like, uh, can I get a picture with you? I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I grew up watching. I'm from uh, outside of Ottawa, and I grew up watching Montreal wrestling. And, uh, and I said, La Lutte Internationale. And, uh, and I said, uh, you know, I just like, I'm, I've always been a giant Rougeau fan. And I had, like, even in the WWE, uh, when they made them heels, put them with Jimmy Hart, I loved them. Uh, mm-hmm. They were, you know, they're like, they're they're heels in America, and uh, they're great, cheered in Quebec, and uh, and then when they came to the Mountie, actually, I didn't mind the Mountie gimmick. I thought it was okay, but then it was funny because, uh, you know, who did besides yourself? You know, who did mind the Mountie gimmick was uh, the Mounties. <laughs> they they took offense to it, and they uh, <laughs> and they sued the WWE for uh, yeah, copyright that infringement. That surprised me. Yeah, for copyright. I think for me it was uh, for me it was not so much the character itself. I, I viewed it as a waste of Rougeau. I viewed it at, at the time. I remember thinking he's better than that. You know, he he was better than that. Jacques Rougeau yeah. was like because he was uh, you know a couple inches taller than Ray, and he was a right. little heavier, and he was 
sorry, well, this is debatable. He was better looking. And, right. uh, you know, not now. Ray Rougeau looks way better than Jacques. But, uh, yeah. you know, but I thought the Mountie was a good run. And uh, I loved it when he wasn't, they had to become the Quebecers because of the, the lawsuit. So their song would include the lyrics that we're not the Mounties. We are the Quebecers. We're brave. <laughs> we're strong. You know, it was basically them dissing the Mounties for not allowing them to go on with the gimmick. So uh, good for the Canadian Mounties and uh, bad for the Rougeos. Uh yeah. So, yeah, the Mountie gimmick. Uh, for me, um, you may remember this, um, this tournament. Uh, it was when MMA became popular. And WWE was like, "We got to oh, the, um, we got to capitalize on this," and they did a tournament called uh, the, the Brawl for All. Right. And uh, Brawl. And they yeah, could have wasn't Bart Gunn won that one? Yeah, they could have just called the tournament uh, Super Clusterfuck because it was absolutely. I think that ridiculous. was the working title. Yeah. Well, everybody got hurt. Everybody yeah. got hurt. It was supposed to be fixed originally. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, Steve Dr. Death Williams, who was one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, yeah. he, he was supposed to be there. And he was supposed to win the whole thing and go on to face Stone Cold Steve Austin. And right. I never knew this. I Just based on my research alone, I found this out. And this excites me because um, Sto- Steve Dr. Death Williams has always been one of my favorite guys. I, I liked him since sure. WW, WCW, uh, USWA. I liked him. I mean, UWF. Um, I liked him. I He's, like, he, he was a clear case of, uh, uh, you know, and I see this all the time as, an, and I'm sure you'll, you'll shit on me for it, but as a Yankees fan, over the years, I've seen a lot of lot of guys who've been uh, killers on other teams get to New York and just the uh, the pressure yeah. to going from having two microphones in your face to having fifty is just too much. And yeah. I think WWE never knew what to do with Steve Williams because when he was in AWA feuding with one man gang, I mean, and uh, when he when he put him on his shoulder pretty much and lifted him over the top rope, I mean, geez, man, I went, no, I thought this guy's a badass, you know, and he's strong. And uh, when he got to WWE, it was it was it was yeah, it was just sad. I think he was coming into a crowded pool. Yeah, and you know, and it just uh, and then him get you know. But the thing is, is the whole point is I was trying to make there. Steve Austin, Stone Cold. His name is actually Steve Williams. It would yeah, have been a battle right? of Steve Williams versus Steve Williams. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, who are you gonna win? Who's gonna win this one? I'm betting on Steve Williams. You know. So I just think yeah, I was I I, I was intrigued by that. But this um, Steve Williams, uh, he got knocked out by who did he get knocked out by? Maybe oh he okay he beat Pierre the Quebecer PCO who's still wrestling today, um, yep. but then got knocked out by Bart Gunn. Uh, Bart Gunn would go on to win the entire tournament and to be rewarded with a match <laughs> yeah. against Butterbean at WrestleMania in an actual oh. boxing match, and yeah. that lasted oh. thirty five seconds and ended oh. Bart Gunn's career. Yeah. Like, oh man! Well, like one cock back in the shoulder with Waterbeam, you knew, oh, this guy's gonna get hurt. Oh, and uh, come on, right? Put a, you can't do it. I this mean, was, I, cre- I, yeah, this was the cre- man can the man can pack a punch, Butterbean. I mean, oh, geez. he can pack a punch and he can pack a lunch. Uh, yeah, and you got, yeah, I, mean, I would like to have seen a feud actually between uh, Butterbean and King Kong Bundy before. Oh been, Jesus! How great would have that been? That would have, they, that would have been they amazing. Could, or, or either a feud with them or a sitcom 
with them where they're brothers. Yeah, a sitcom would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And George Steele. Yeah. So the creation of the WWE. Uh, so the Brawl for All was created by Vince Russo. Um, yeah. And it resulted in a number of legit industries. Uh, the industries went uh, Steve Williams uh, got injured. Um, like, there's so many. Oh, it was just like everybody got hurt in this thing. Like, um, Ken Shamrock wouldn't have any. Dan Severn pulled out. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Um, like, uh, Brockus never wrestled again. Uh, you know, uh, Steve Blackman and Hawk were unable to work for WWE after a while. Uh, Savio yep. Vega aggravated an old arm injury, would never work in the WWE again. Um, the Godfather, uh, <laughs> like, these, all these people were, like, severely injured. In the now, worst... Yeah, because before and before Godfather, he was going by a, a fighting persona. Anyway, comma. Yeah, and the whole right? thing is, is like, there's no reason for the WWF to copy UFC. They're the ones copying WWF with the cage. They're yeah. the ones copying WWF with lighting production. They're, you know, it's Listen, like, dude. I look. I I, thought, I don't know if you're a fan of UFC or not. I don't mind it. I I, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. But uh, I've had this argument with people like, look, okay, I don't care who's going to win and use UFC. I don't care if it's real or not. I know that if I pay 60 bucks for a pay-per-view and the main event goes 40 seconds, I'm pissed off. If I buy, if I spend 60 bucks on WrestleMania, I know I'm getting my money's worth. I know that main event. And do I really know who's going to win? I don't. I got an idea the way the storylines are going, but they could flip it on me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, could have, they could have a great heel turn or not. And I'm going to get at least 45, 50 minutes out of the main event. Yeah, and you get and exactly you're getting your money's worth. It's like, hell it's yeah, like all those Mike Tyson fights of the '80s. Imagine oh all the people God. that paid, like the ones that would go like 30 seconds. You know, yeah, Leon Spinks. I remember 30 very seconds. My father at time. Uh, my father at time was, uh, geez, it was one of those uh, 61 second fights. Oh. And uh, him and a crowd from work had gotten on a bus because we lived about two hours from St. John's. They got on a bus to go into St. John's and watch this on pay per view, which is a huge thing at the time. Yeah. And Jesus, you talk about almost riots in there. People loaded drunk and then had a 60 second fight. Some of them missed it when they went to the bathroom. And, <laughs> and it was, this has never happened at a WWE. I'm sorry. You get no, your money's worth. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, your number two. What's your number two? Oh, my uh, number two. My number two is pretty simple because uh, the guy just annoys me. I got no real reason for it. He's he's actually pre, he was actually pretty talented in the ring itself, but when I was when I was watching the Monday Night Wars, you know, like yourself, I'm sure I flicked back and forth, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of times. But I would always always turn the channel when Disco Inferno came on. <laughs> Annoyed the hell out of me. Oh, that's the best Disco Inferno, and he just did nothing except for that one disco he, move. He did one disco move. Yeah. <laughs> at least Fandango can dance. Yeah. At least Fandango <laughs> can dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, that's a great sentence to say about a wrestler, right? Yeah, at least at least the cadets. Yeah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, the disco yeah. Inferno fucking annoyed the hell out of me every time I'd see it. I did, I did enjoy uh, Disco Inferno, burn, baby, burn. Disco Inferno. <laughs> oh, you look, know. great entrance music, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was a great signal for me to change the channel and see what was on WWE at the time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> my number two worst uh, gimmick in wrestling, um, uh, the gobbly gooker. The gobbly gooker. <laughs> Just saying it makes me feel horrible. 
the big egg, and Jr. Are trying to sell it. It's the gobbledygook. Yeah. God. It looks like it looks like the it looks like fucking uh, Richard Pryor's uh, outfit that he wore in Stir Crazy when they stole when they. It does. <laughs> it's exactly like that. I can see the cover of that film movie now. It's exactly the gobbledygooker. Yeah, Where yeah. were they gonna go with the gobbledygooker? Yeah, it looks like Richard Pryor <laughs> and Gene Wilder's uh, chicken outfits from Stir Crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. That's good. The gobbledygooker. Yeah. And and, and yeah. for those you don't know, is Hector Guerrero, poor Hector Guerrero, uh, Eddie's, poor Hector, man. Eddie Eddie's uncle, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, and just the the build up to it. What is in this egg? Ooh, it's. I'm sure it's gonna be the. I'm sure the yolk is gonna be on us. You know, uh-huh. uh, horrible pun right there, and a horrible well, gimmick. It was, it was as bad. It was as bad as as. Uh, What's her face's hand? Well, that's my number one. That's your number one? <laughs> hand is the worst thing ever happened in wrestling. The fact. Yeah, I mean, the before fact... the hand, it was Big Show riding his father's coffin. Oh, Jesus. Hand... No, no, no. That, no, that was fucking great. Uh, it was great. It was I love pretty great. Big Boss Man comes in. Your daddy doesn't love you as he's like. <laughs> As he's chained up the the fucking casket, and he's driving away in his Cobb County, Georgia, uh, cop car. Like, yeah, yeah. First of all, he he's he's a fucking he's a big boss man is a security guard in a prison. They don't get cop cars. A prison is in. There's no cop cars. You drive your own car to work, and you work at the prison. Why does Big Boss Man have his own cop car? He's not a cop. Exactly. He's not a cop. <laughs> no. With a loudspeaker and and as if he, you could just in, drive into a graveyard and chain up a fucking... How did he get the chain? <laughs> He's just, and then he drives away with big dogs. With big, See, hand is way worse because with hand... <laughs> You actually have to think of May Young and Mark Henry fucking. Exactly. Yeah. The hand. Jeez, oh. that's great. Well, I, for my number one gimmick, I got it. It's a tie. Well, you got to hit I, number I, two. I, yeah, you got to hit number one. Yeah, this is your number one. Yeah, I what can't is it? decide. It's it's either Bastion Booger. Okay. Or uh, Lord Tunzai. Lord Ten- Oh my, I felt so bad for him. Oh, Poor okay. Albert. I'm gonna say. Um, Bastion Booger is worse because he is worse. That's just that's just. I felt bad for poor old Albert man. He came out to this great fanfare, and people were like, "Okay, this looks like a, a bad guy, you know, gimmick that could work." They took off the mask, and they're like, "Holy fuck, it's Albert!" <laughs> 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 he just, there was no recovering. Yeah, when it's Albert. Off, when he took off his mask and the crowd started laughing, the monster image was gone. Oh, it's it just, was over. Yeah, it, I don't care what he did in Japan. As soon as people recognized Albert, it was done. Oh man, you're so true. That's, that's but like, yeah. Oh, jeepers, and uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, Albert. Yeah. Well, Bastion Booger. The sad thing about Bastion Booger was like that was Vince McMahon, just like, oh, what's this guy's gimmick? He's fat. Ugh, he's repulsive. <laughs> he is yeah. sloth. I'm surprised you just can call him sloth, and like. Yeah. You know, and uh, but Bastion Booger, he's like, oh, he's uh, boogers, bad. <laughs> you know. And- right, can we can we just throw out just honorable a couple of honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. There, there's there's a couple of honorable mentions. I was just looking up a couple here now. I gotta give a, I gotta give some props to Max Moon. Poor Paul Diamond having to be Max Moon. <laughs> 
Why, no, maybe I don't even know if it was Paul Diamond. It might have been Conan. Before, Conan. before me, oh, it was, it was Conan. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, Conan. Carlos yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Max Moon. Okay, Max Moon killed me. Uh, yeah. Of course, Giant Gonzalez was a, was a horrible gimmick. Horrible. Horrible gimmick with that Sasquatch muscle suit. Yes. Where the Ultimate I mean, Warrior you had, would you wear. You had a chance for a guy, you know, towering over the Undertaker. Yeah. To be a real monster, but you could not take him seriously. No, no. Why didn't you just make him a Bigfoot? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, yeah. exactly. And here he, here he is, I mean, giant giant of a guy. Yeah, but, he, uh, he's a giant. He's a, he not only a giant of a guy, him. he's a giant yeah. of a Gonzalez. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, I mean, but it goes back to, I think I meant, might have mentioned this to you one time before, and it might be a topic for another day, but now it, I think what's missing right now in wrestling is, the, is a lot of is people who are really good on the mic. Yes. And, of course, that's what's needed. And in the 80s, when they had guys who were crap on the mic, like Hercules or whoever, they had the likes of Bobby Heenan or Slick or Fuji or Jimmy Hart. I think managers are what's missing as heels in wrestling now. I 100% I mean, no, agree. Nobody cared if Hogan got a hold of Bundy afterwards, but as soon as he put his hands on Heenan, the place went bananas. Yeah. You know, okay, he, he got a hold of Heenan. Bad things are going And nobody could sell like Bobby Heenan. No. You know? Heenan was the best. And I think that's sorely missing in, uh, in, in wrestling these days. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think there should be more managers. I think, yeah. uh, I think you know, there's only Paul Heyman right now. He's the only manager. Uh, where are all the managers? Why can't we like? Why can't we have good tag team matches? And why can't we have managers? You know. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, slick. Uh, look at the, and and that was the. For me, it's it's such an. I don't realize what people don't they don't see it because it was such an obvious thing that in their heyday, I mean, managers were the the shock when Andre Giant came out was big, but when he came out with Bobby Heenan, yes, my God, that was what sold it. Yeah, that was what sold it. If he if he had just turned heel. It would have been one thing, but to come out with Bobby Heenan really yeah. was the, the well, because, exclamation because point. It was never Hogan against Dud. It was never Hogan against Bundy. It was never Hogan against Hercules. It was always Hogan against Heenan. Bobby Heenan yeah. would line up another monster for Hogan to face, and it yep. was always Bobby Heenan versus Hogan. That was the feud. That was, that the, was oh, absolutely. You know, and that was and and, and they were known. I think the Heenan family when they were known. When when uh, Sid Vicious turned on, Sid just at the time turned on Shawn Michaels, Michaels had to run like a gauntlet, had to go through the Heenan family to get to him. Yeah, and it was those those, those were kind of things sold, you know. Yeah, just great, great. And 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 finally, let's not forget Shockmaster before we move on. Oh yeah, the Shockmaster, of course. Um, the Shockmaster, you know, who doesn't love bedazzled Star Wars helmets? You know, <laughs> it's like I love, I want to be a stormtrooper, but. <laughs> I want to be a gay stormtrooper. It's brutal. Yeah. You know? It'd be like... Should we move on to good ones? Yeah. But just, I'll just say, <laughs> if you can have a bedazzled, if you can have a bedazzled uh, stormtrooper helmet, then somewhere you can have a studded Care Bear. You know? It's Absolutely. Just, it's, it goes both ways, Put a couple people. of studded shoulder pads on the Care Bears. Let's exactly. do that. And All right. In his defense, if, in his defense, if I'm offered a bedazzled Star Wars helmet, I'm taking it. If I can find one, <laughs> dude, I'm going. I'm going to meet the Shockmaster in June, 
And I want to no get way. yeah he uh, well it's also tugboat or typhoon. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just, and I just uh, read that. Yeah, okay. And uh, I want to <laughs> get a bedazzled Star Wars helmet. I want to find one <laughs> and I want to make it bedazzled and I want to get it autographed. Yeah. He, he might shove it up your ass. Oh <laughs> fuck no, he's embraced it. I would, I would totally embrace that. Shockmaster. I mean, I'm as a comic. I'm sure you know. You, you might not agree. You might agree. I've always said, you know, the only thing better than a standing ovation is when you completely, completely tank to the point where you know it's not even you. They've had a bad day collectively, and it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> five minutes in. I had to do a corporate gig for all the federal ministers of health for every province and their aides. They landed at 7 o'clock in the morning. They were fighting tooth and nail. Wait, all wait, whoa, day. whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say all the federal ministers of health? Have AIDS? Oh, sorry, all the provincial ministers of health and their AIDS, yes. Oh, and their AIDS. The well, they don't have AIDs. You can't be the minister well, of health Well, you know what AIDS. I mean. All, all their, their entourages or whatever. Oh, very, 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 very good. Yes, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so they, they're there all day fighting with each other. I go on at 10.30 at night after their meal, after a band had played. I go on to do 45 minutes. Five minutes in, they're not even looking at me. They're no. still glaring at each other. Five minutes in, I knew. Okay, this is a this is a take the money and run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing. My my normal set will run probably you know forty five minutes to an hour, uh, you know with laughter and stuff. Right. Turns out you can do thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a gig. Right? Oh. And uh, oh, anyway, sorry you got topic. What a nightmare! What a nightmare! Um, <laughs> it's like so, following a memorial video. Yeah. And now some comedy. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> We're going on to the uh, the best of uh, gimmicks, the yeah. our favorite gimmicks. So, uh, where do you? Well, I'll start. Um, sure. Number six, I have uh, uh, the list. Chris Jericho's list that uh, he just, okay. Well, his last run in WWE, uh, yep. he had a list, and uh, you just made the list. Uh, <laughs> made the list. I loved yeah. it. I it made me laugh. The fact that it, the, the, you know, you wanted to be on the list. It was so cool to be on the list. And the fact that he's he's here's a fifty year old man getting over with a clipboard, yeah. and that's yeah. the best thing ever. It, that's that's when talent really, shines yeah. through. Is when you can take that's, a clipboard. That's where a guy like Jericho, you, he's just got that natural charisma that he works as a heel and he works as a face. You yeah. know, it's, it's so either good. way just sells. So yeah. good. Uh, so who do you have for six? You know what? Surprisingly enough, it's a it's a gimmick that I thought at first was horrible. But man, you got to give the guy props for longevity. Is gold dust? Yes, gold dust. You know, you like, really do. Yeah, you you know, like I don't know what Vince McMahon's thing against Dusty Rhodes was. Like, oh, we're gonna yeah. take Dusty Rhodes and put him in polka dots. You know, ha, yeah, ha, ha, ha. yeah, because yeah, the but, first gold dust, but Dusty made it work. We're just, ooh, yeah, but you know, and then it's like, oh, you're you're Dusty Rhodes' son, you're dust, you're gold dust, gold dust, yeah. and then, you know, and it's just like, but gold dust worked. Like, he sold the shit out of it. I prefer gold dust much more Sorry. than De Dustin Reynolds or yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Oh, totally, yeah, because he tried that for a little while. The natural Dustin Rhodes. No, yeah. you're not natural at all. You're, you're no. you know. But Gold Dust, amazing, one hundred percent. Amazing that yeah. that character sold like that. I mean, I had some great feuds with the Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker. I Ro mean, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper, the backstreet, the backstage brawl. Yeah, Jesus, that was that was and, a great street fight. And then not only that, when him and Stardust tagged up and were partners, yeah. they were a really yeah. good tag team. Mm. 
Um, number five, I have uh, now. Even though he wasn't the first person to ever uh, do this gimmick, um, he was the one that's most famous for it. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and his oh, and, and Damien or uh, Damien yeah. or whatever whatever other snake he had, the Cobra. Or, uh, you know, mostly it was Damien and was a boa constrictor. Oh, it was Damien he was known for, for sure. Yes, but, you know, Jake went through many snakes because uh, he didn't really take good care of those things. He would leave it in the trunk and the fucking snake would freeze. And then he needs oh, a new snake. snake. You know, or there's a great story about uh, going to the nudie bar and he was with the undertaker. And uh, the, stri- the, the waitress stripper was like, I know you're all fake wrestlers and you're all, where's your fake snake? And she's like, he gives it, and Jake was like, it's out in the trunk. And she's like, why don't you go get it? And then the Undertaker, who was with him, was like, get it. So <laughs> he goes and he gets a snake, and uh, she grabs the snake. She thinks it's rubber, and she starts doing a snake dance on stage with it. And then the right. snake fucking just wakes up, kind of, and realizes Ooh. what the fuck's going on, and does a, th- and then just totally comes down and like latches onto her tit. Uh, her big oh fake God. titty, and then the snake is hanging by its fangs like it was by Marshall Man's arm, but it's by her tit, and she's like, ah, freaking out, and there's Jake and the Undertaker laughing as this woman's freaking out. She has a, uh, a you know, a cobra is uh, fucking biting onto her fake tit, and uh, that's not one you'll see on WWE Road Tales, but no. um, the, it won't be a cartoon, but that is a true story I've, I've, uh, I've been told. Uh, but Jake the wow. Snake, Jake the Snake, you know, he, he, the first guy to bring in the, any sort of pet into the ring, I think, in the WWE of the 80s. At one point, yeah. you had everybody had a pet. There was Matilda, and there was Frankie, and there was a dragon, and then, you know. Yeah, that's and then, right. And then there's a weasel, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but Jake the Snake is my number five. All right. What do you got? Number five. Uh, I would say number five for me would be uh, Mankind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, I I choose I say the mankind character because it's it's a real departure from Cactus Jack, but it worked against the Undertaker and gave the Undertaker his best feuds that he's ever had as far as I'm concerned. The Undertaker's best matches were against mankind. I think so too because uh, man. First of all, you don't realize you don't think of Mick Foley being Undertaker big until you mm. meet Mick Foley and realize how fucking big that guy is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I saw him here when he was at Yucks uh, a couple years ago. But man. Yeah. They're all. Fu- I found out about every wrestler. They're all big. You well, don't realize it because well, the, they're standing next to other giants, right? Well, the thing is, is like I got like I'm looking at a picture right now of me and Stone Cold. He might be maybe an inch taller than me. I I got pictures with Davy Boy Smith. I'm taller than right. him. Like there's right. like you know like I'm not a small guy. I'm I'm near 300 and uh, mm-hmm. I'm six feet. So I match up to a, a lot of these wrestlers in size. But you know 306 feet. Looks is nothing compared to my picture of McFoley. He he dwarf really? like he's he's huge, and yeah. uh, and I was just like you know you don't now you realize how well he matched up against the Undertaker. So yeah, um, and it was like and I think aside from the physical thing, they both played the psychological thing again. They played off each other so well for that. You know, yeah, and the thing, uh, yeah, he he sold that mankind character, man. It was it and, was a real sell. I mean, he was over. And there was uh, no uh, as that character. Yeah, and there was no need to even make him that character because Cactus Jack was already very entertaining, you know. And yeah, that's why yeah. they let him bring yeah. back Cactus later on. And you talk about just not only like Mick Foley. Not only did he work one gimmick, he worked three gimmicks 
four gimmicks at once. He was Mankind. He was Dude <laughs> yeah. Love. He Royal was Rumble. Cactus Jack. <laughs> and then he fucking, and he's like, how many gimmicks do you have? And he's like, well, wait, here's another fucking one. It's a sock down my tights. Mr. Socko. There's four fucking gimmicks that he's working at once. And it's just like, this guy is amazing. You know? So, yeah, uh, Mick Foley, fantastic. Uh, fantastic choice. Um, yeah. My fourth pick is um, a guy by the name of Ted DiBiase. Now, oh! on his yeah. uh, on his own, he was my number three. Yeah, yeah, on his own, not not a not a big deal. But the minute yeah. he went to New York and um, and became the Million Dollar Man, his life changed forever. Uh, his yep. he will always be known as the Million Dollar Man. It's the best gimmick in wrestling. Who doesn't? hate someone who's rich and like treats people like peasants uh yep. his promos were amazing and just when you thought he was getting stale they create the million dollar belt yeah fantastic his own and, belt. and transfer and and make him uh make him a manager and bring in uh stone cold well everybody everything yep. he did so um ted dibiase like he i had him on the show he was like my first wrestler that i got on the show really yeah how was that Oh, yeah. dream dream weekend because I spent like Saturday night drinking with him. Uh, we yeah. hung out a, a, a Sunday morning. We hung out a bit Sunday, did the podcast, and then we went to his show Sunday night and uh, helped him out with everything there. And thanks to Ryan Denis for hooking all that up. It was quite a treat. We went to Detroit, and uh, man, you know, I envy you. I envy your life with the rest. Man, that's awesome. Well, this like, is the <laughs> luckiest thing about the show is yeah, I get to meet wrestlers and I get to talk to them and yeah, and like and Ted DiBiase. Yeah, you know, yeah. like basically, he didn't know what the gimmick was. They didn't tell him. Right. Basically, they said Pat Patterson said you got to come up here to New York, and he goes, "Well, I don't know if I want to fly." And he goes, "No, no, no." And he goes, "Trust me, uh, this character is what if Vince was a wrestler, this is what he yeah. would want to be at that time." Right. And yeah. uh, you know, and so basically, like Teddy DiBiase got to live like Ric Flair for the rest of his life. Except the only. Unfortunately, difference. I think his the the demise of that character came when, uh, in my opinion, I thought about this at the time when Eric Bischoff turned heel and went with the NWO. Yeah, and he took over the then, NWO. Then he'll t- become he became the Mike. He became the Mike. Yeah, the I've, heel on the Mike, and yeah. that took over from DiBiase. That's and that's where that's what killed sort of killed it too. I agree one hundred percent because because at first it was like oh the million dollar man's financing this. That's yeah, great. we're like oh well, that's cool and, and he's then, good on the Mike. Yeah, fuck I didn't that. think it was a need of Bischoff. Fuck Bischoff. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was a need of him being there. So, okay, what's your uh, what's your four? Uh, am I only on four? I think so. Okay, because yeah, that's right. Because you took my number three. My number three was going to be DiBiase. Okay. Uh, Got to go, man. Kurt Hennig. Yeah, Mister Perfect. He, like, he was he was always uh, he was always a face in uh, AWA NWA. Fantastic. And he was teaming yeah. with his father and stuff like that. He was great as a face, but man, nobody could pull off the arrogance. Like like Kurt Henning. I don't know who invented the gum slap, but it's the greatest thing, and I still do it to this day. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, every fucking time I go to spit out gum. Every time I go to spit out gum, I slap it, and I didn't count them. Yeah. Right now, I'm on a six. six, uh, The last six have been gum slaps have been, you know, know, the longest I've ever done was 15 in a row. Not at once. (laughs) I don't have 15 pieces of gum, but I do chew gum. I do spit it out, and I do slap it every time. And then I oh, say, every time. Ev- absolutely perfect. perfect. You know, um, <laughs> it's uh, the funny thing is, is the Mr. Perfect character 
the, according to legend, was up for grabs. And it was put in, and then there was a match where Terry Taylor wrestled Mr. Per, wrestled Kurt Henning, and uh, they decided they were going to go with Kurt Henning as Mr. Perfect over Terry Taylor. And I'm glad that okay. happened because if it went the other way, Terry Taylor, who also could have been a great Mr. Perfect, um, but I don't think Kurt Henning would make a great Red Rooster. You know, no, like, I think we would have been ro- we would have been robbed of the legend that is the Red Rooster. Yeah, so I'm glad it yeah. ended up the way it is, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and 100 percent Mr. Perfect. Nobody, I can't even think of another wrestler that could even play that gimmick. Yeah, I I I would I would argue that because of the arrogance, and which was also his perfume, I believe, I would argue that uh, Rick Martel probably could have pulled off a Mr. Car- Mr. Perfect character. Yeah, yeah. But, Maybe. You know, maybe he could have, because he had the arrogance as the model. It was pretty good. I don't know that it could. He could have played it as naturally yes. as Hennig. You believed it was Hennig. You know, you believed this is him, right? He's Mister Perfect. Yes, I totally. And that's and God bless him. To this day, he's still Mister Perfect. Um, yeah. And you know what? And it's just like doesn't matter how perfect. You know, he's he's so perfect that his son has trouble living up to his father's stature. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And it's still yeah. like that. His is Mister Perfect casted such a huge shadow that his son, you know, will never. His son can't really break through because he'll never be. He'll never be perfect, you know. Nope. So he'll never uh, be perfect. No. Uh, my number three, uh, the battle, a uh, battle royal, battle royal. Because uh, I was gonna say Royal Rumble, because the Royal Rumble yep. is my favorite match of the year. But it is. Oh. For sure, but when yeah. we but I can't say Royal Rumble because really, it's a battle it's a royal, battle royal that's yeah. been gimmicked, and battle and battle royal is a wrestling match that's been gimmicked. So I just got to say, yeah. like I always love battle. What made royals. the res- what made the uh, what made the battle royal at first such a great gimmick is because remember it came along at a time when a rule was that you couldn't throw somebody over the top rope. Yeah, right. You were you were disqualified if you put someone over the top rope, and then here comes this match where your goal is to throw somebody over the top rope. Well, yeah, not only that, I heard it was originally invented so that Andre the Giant can come through your town and be the mm. and be the most over-wrestler on the card without having to win a title. Right. So Andre the Giant would come in, you'd have a $25,000 wrestling purse, whatever, and uh, Andre the Giant, because Andre the Giant was the king of the battle royals. And sure. so, um, which makes sense. And uh, WrestleMania two being probably the most glorious battle royal, in WrestleMania history, even though they have them every year now. But, you know, the the Battle Royal became stale, and just when it became sort of stale, um, thank thank Vince for Pat Patterson, because Pat Patterson came out with the idea of the Royal Rumble, and to this day, the Royal Rumble is the most unpredictable match that you have in the WWE during the year. And not only that, is that we get a men's Royal Rumble and a women's Royal Rumble now is the best thing ever. So Battle Royals is my third greatest gimmick of all time. I, I love them. All right. Well, I'll say it. Well, since since Mr. Perfect was going to – because I was going by wrestler gimmicks. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Since, but, but since uh, since you took my number three at Mr. Perfect, I'll, I'll substitute Mr. Perfect for uh, Hell in a Cell. I think Hell in a Cell is a great gimmick. Uh, I think it's kind of worn its course now. Uh, it's become almost overused. But at the time – when it first came on on the scene, I think the first one was was it Michaels and Undertaker in the first one? Yes, it's that's amazing. Yeah, it was done at First Blood. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, at the time, you were thinking, man, this is, they can't climb out of the cage. Like, that was a big, that was a big appeal to cage matches, watching him climb up and yeah. then seeing the wrestler, you know, struggle to get to his feet, climb the top rope, snatch him by, like, the hair or something, and pull him back in. The, the, the tension of a, of a cage match, when it got to that point in the match, was incredible. And I didn't know how they were going to sell that with having a, a roof on it, but it did. It worked. Well, the first one, well, the first one, they didn't even like the roof never came into play. It was just the idea right. of the visualization of it. And might I yeah. say that this isn't the first time that the cage had a roof on it. Uh, mm -hmm. War games created by Dusty Rhodes. Uh, yeah, back they, in they, the didn't day. they have a trap? Didn't they have? They had a trap door in the, in the ceiling or something, no? Didn't they? No, no, that was uh, no. that was Tower of Doom. Tower was, of Doom. Yes, <laughs> which is horrible. Yeah. Um, the hawk went right down to the bottom to help out yeah. uh, but, Uber, I think it was. But the, but <laughs> the Hell in the Cell was basically very similar to the War Games. But now WWE's yeah. brought War Games back, but they didn't mm. put the fucking ceiling on. <laughs> it's right. so stupid. Yeah. I went to War Games, yeah. take it uh, in, in L.A., and uh, I'm like, there's no ceiling? This isn't the real War Games. But um, War Games, a great, uh, great gimmick, one of the best gimmicks for WCW. Uh, or NWA, yeah. but the Hell in a Cell, yeah, because like, what's the point of having the Hell in a Cell, and like, you, like Hell in a Cell is 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 a rip off of War Games a bit, yeah, and then the Elimination Chamber also a rip off of War Games because War yeah, Games, I never got behind the Elimination Chamber. No, because now you're in a cell as well, like War Games, mm -hmm. and uh, and the idea of War Games was uh, every two minutes a new wrestler comes in, so one team. Will constantly be at a disadvantage uh, yeah. throughout the match, and it was usually the faces were at the disadvantage because the heels would get the upper. Sure, hand. yeah. And but I just love the the idea of uh, war games, and that's not even on my list. Uh, we're talking yeah. about yours and Hell in a Cell, so I would put <laughs> I would put I would put Hell in a Cell and War Games, you know, because you can't have Hell in a Cell without War Games. Uh, without and war I would games. put them together. So yes, 100%. and I don't know that people would remember. I don't think that War Games would be put on the map. I think Hell in a Cell was a ripoff of War Games. But it easily outpaced War Games. Oh, of course it did. Like, like the yeah. WWE does because of the WWE marketing machine. Yeah. Like, I, I, so you what's, know, your, what's your number three then? Mine. Oh, my, my number three. Well, it was Battle yeah. Royal. We're down to number two right now. Oh, number two. Uh, wow. Yeah, because I went first before you on this one. Right. Um, my number two is uh, now we all love ladder matches, but you know how do we make ladder matches better? And we we made them Money in the Bank matches. Now the money. Yes. Now the money in the bank great gimmick. is a great gimmick because not only is it a fantastic ladder match, but now it's a ladder match between eight guys. It's it spawned its own match at WrestleMania. Twenty one was the first money in the back money in the bank briefcase match, where mm -hmm. uh, the briefcase. If you win the match, you get the briefcase, and inside the briefcase is a contract that you get to cash in at any given point for the championship uh, in the WWE. And yeah. this money in the bank briefcase. The get like not only is the match a great gimmick, but then once you win, you become Mr. Money in the Bank, or Mr. Monster in the Bank, or whatever character you want to become. But you have that briefcase, and then mm -hmm. you, and then all of a sudden, if you carry that briefcase for a year, you're important in every storyline because you can jump into the main. You could come any in point. any point. And Braun Strowman. I think. I think. I think Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, Almost, I think it's surpassed, I think it's usurped, we'll say, took its place of, uh, it used to be you win the Intercontinental Championship, your next step was yeah, was the main was the main event. I remember. Right? Your next yeah. step was, Wrestle, was, was the championship match. 
So I think when, well, I think eventually the Intercontinental Champion kind of dropped its importance in that regard uh, and was replaced with money in the bank. I think if you were carrying that briefcase, then you were you were recognized that you were getting the next push. Yeah. Right? You're, you're going to be the next guy pushed. Uh, but I, and I would say that Edge was the best money in the bank winner. Well, he was the guy to first cash it in the way yeah. they the way he did, like at, where he took the you know he cashed it in at the end of somebody's match and took advantage yeah. of the fact that they were lying in the middle of the ring, and which was really really cemented him as a top heel. Of course, that was the you moment. Know, it that, really yes. did. Um, yeah. So yeah, Money in the Bank is my number two. Uh, what is yours? And and uh, and you know what though? Let's give let's give an honorable mention for it because those matches, a lot of those matches being sold like that. Our thanks to Jr. I mean, when 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 why would he do that? Why would he do such a cowardly act and cashing it in when the man is down? And Jr. would help sell those things. Yes. And it was those. It was that. It was the. It was the announcing of those matches. I think that made those such such instant hits. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know. So, all right. So what? What am I on? My my number two now. Yeah, no, no, it's your turn. No. Um. No, I just did my money, money in the bank. Right. Yeah. So you're number two. Okay, I said money. money. Okay, right, 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 right. Okay, so my number two then for uh, gimmick. Uh, you know what, uh, Undertaker. Of course. Here, here's a character that I really thought at the time was going to be, like we said, another monster heel that's brought in to fight Hogan. You know, yeah. they build him up for a few weeks. Hogan puts him down. We don't hear of him again. You know, that's that's what I thought the Undertaker was. But to be able to sell it like he has oh, and make a legendary career out of it. Even switching up the character several times, yes, and uh, you know, adding a real darkness to him, and then and then bringing him back a bit, and then the American badass was still known as the Undertaker, and that was a major thing that made that American badass character succeed, was because they didn't try to package him as Mark Calloway. Now they didn't try to bring him back as Bad Mark again, yes. or something like that. They kept the Undertaker name, even though he was not dressed anything like the Undertaker, wasn't acting anything like the Undertaker. But they kept calling him the Undertaker, so people bought into it. Yeah, and then made made people want to see the switch back. Yeah, and and you know what? It's a lot of people don't take this into account, but uh, you know, uh, here's this guy called the Undertaker, and he's got to wrestle usually in the main event every mm-hmm. night, and then after he's done wrestling, which is usually done by eleven o'clock, he's the Undertaker. He's got to go work the graveyard shift. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So people yeah. don't take that into account either, and the longevity. There you go. The longevity of the man's career. Two two careers. Yeah. Is 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 unfathomable, uh, you know, yeah. and, uh, and 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 also the fact that he became a, a real leader in the back. Yeah. You know, and uh, and was able to maintain that character and use that character to put put other people over, uh, is a testament to uh, to the, not only the power of him selling it, but the power of the character itself. You know, the character became unstoppable. I mean, when Brock Lesnar finally got the three count, people were shocked. Look at the faces in the audience. Yeah, you know exactly. they didn't care at the time. They didn't care at the time it was plotted out. This character just lost. Yeah, and they couldn't get over it. Now, who's your number one? Number one gimmick. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about wrestlers every time, but every, but when you started mentioning other things, I realized there's a lot of really good gimmicks out there. I mean, uh, honorable mentions. I got to say, the Road Warriors lasted for. I mean, I'm biased. They're my favorite tag team of all time, but they also went their entire careers without feuding with each other, really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had a, it was always a solid tag team. But, you know, uh, as much as I wasn't a fan back in the day, I, I got to give incredible props out to Hulkamania. 
Hulkamania has got to be the biggest gimmick of all time. You know, it's uh, it's 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 for life. Uh, Hulkamania has it's been running wild for to this. Yeah, you know, and uh, but the great thing about like Hulkamania was um, Hogan is so talented that he you know he left Hulkamania behind and he went on as Hollywood Hogan and was and, just as and good. became arguably as big, right? And, yes. You know, like there would not have been a there would not have been a reason for the Monday Night Wars if Hogan hadn't turned heel. No. And that was you know, the, they would not have started. No, exactly. And uh, we were talking. Well, he was the revealed Road as the third man. Yeah, when he was revealed as the third man in the NWO. I mean, that was that was a moment. That was when WCW really established themselves as well. You know, we're the guys now, right? Yeah, exactly. Now um, Hulk Hogan, yeah, that was a good one. That uh, the one hundred percent is uh, is there Hulkamania, and and in credit to uh, you know, it, it's just so sad because Hulkamania was started in the AWA. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't give Hogan the deal he wanted, uh, you know, and he jumped ship to WWE and the rest is history. Um, yeah, my, I, as long as we're mentioning the road warriors, uh, Jocko is the worst thing never happened to the road warriors. Oh yeah. So yeah. let's just say that. Um, yeah, now, absolutely. My, now my number, I mean, yes, I try, you know what? I treat road warriors 2000 and on. Like with Sonny and stuff, yeah. And the whole I, I treat from the last actually you know what their last run in WWE, I treat that like the Star Wars prequels. It didn't happen. Yeah, Lord Drunk Hawk and the Heinrich. I'm just ignoring it. No, you know exactly. what? It never happened to me. No, for me, you know. That, uh, so that's that's the good thing about about something that's so scripted and so entertaining. I can decide like yeah, that part I'm not going to watch that part because that's not you know no I don't want that. No, I want yes. classic. For me, number one gimmick of all time. As far as I'm concerned, this person is the innovator of wrestling gimmicks. He is the first to have a gimmick. Uh, you Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. There would be <laughs> there would be not Macho Man's Gorgeous yep. George, but the actual yep. Gorgeous there George. No, there would be absolutely. no. Absolutely, there would not the, have been Jesse the Body. There would not have been uh, Billy Graham. There was yeah. Buddy Rogers. George. There would yep. be no Nature Boys. There would be no nope. arrogance that Rick Martel sprayed no around. Fabulous, no fabulous Freebirds. No fabulous, no fabulous Moolah. No, yep. before Gorgeous George was the first wrestling character. Gorgeous George yep. had valets. He would come into the ring. He would. It smelled like bo. He would spray it with perfume. Like people and hated people him. Hated him. <laughs> he was the first wrestler to come into music. Yep. Uh, he yep. was the first wrestler to have a gimmick. He was like you know it was. You know, there's a there's a great story about Gorgeous George was um, doing a radio show one time, and uh, and he walked out after the radio show, and there was a young uh, athlete by the name of Cassius Clay, at 18 years oh, old, okay. was in the yeah. was in the waiting room waiting to go in to do a uh, interview next, and uh, he was in awe of Gorgeous George, and Gorgeous George had a conversation with him, and basically told him, don't ever stop running your mouth. You know, he goes. You he goes. You can be flamboyant, and you can and you can talk them into the, wanting to see you fight. Like he gave Muhammad Ali the advice that he needed right. to become Muhammad Ali. Like, yeah, that's the power. I didn't of know influence. that. That's amazing. But that makes all the sense in the world. That's the power. Ali then would Ali then would start rhyming sure before for people. Exactly. Uh, that's the power mm -hmm. of George Gorgeous George. He's the greatest wow. of all time. And, I will not uh, argue with that. And he is the number one gimmick of all gimmicks. And to this day, it, you know, like, uh, 
always always imitated, never duplicated, and uh, and it, and it, and it, you know what is still happening today? Would Hulk, would Hulk Hogan be entering with 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 uh, Boa if it wasn't for Gorgeous George? No, no. You know, I don't even it's know slowly. if he'd be entering with a Boa if it wasn't for Dennis Rodman. You know, well, this is true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of really bad gimmicks that we could. We could still go over like the David uh, was his, David Arquette being champion. Well, uh, you know, here's the thing about <laughs> oh, here's the God. thing about David Arquette being champion is I forgive him. It's it was never his oh, decision. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd do it. He, you know, he, they're going to give you the belt. They're going to give you the belt. But he didn't know he was going to be the laughing stock for the next 19 years in professional wrestling. And now, no. when you see him out wrestling now, you, I have more respect for him because he wants to be a wrestler. You know. Yeah. And uh, but stop doing suicide dives, please. He can't. You can't Is that do what them. He's doing? Oh, he'll do. He does the worst suicide dive, and he gets his feet caught up all the time, and he fucking falls flat in his face. It's like Jesus, oh, don't hurt yourself. Uh, I almost, yeah. I almost watched him die in uh, L.A. Oh. Uh, last Survivor Series weekend, and it was like the worst thing ever. It was, it was scary. But um, nice. David Arquette, smarten up. We love you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's all I gotta say, uh, folks. That is; those are our lists, and uh, yep. we're, we 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 just filled an hour, just very yes, easily. So, and uh, we could easily we could easily fill more with honorable mentions. Kamala, Kamala, <laughs> Kimshi. Kamala. I like Kimshi as opposed to Kamala. Um, oh, are you kidding me? Kamala smacked his belly. How awesome was that? <laughs> <laughs> and who didn't cheer for George Steele to get Elizabeth over to Macho Man? Well, I was against kidnapping, so that was me. <laughs> Um, I was all for it back in the day. Before yeah, I had kids. Yeah, you, you just you just can't come in and take a guy's girl and kidnap her like no, that. No, you just can't. No, and no, no. I don't. You know, I don't know if in today's culture a match where the winner gets the woman would fly. No, no, not at all. Neither not in the Me Too era. Neither, not in neither would bra and panties matches. They're not going to fly nope. anymore either. So. Right. There, I mean, that's a gimmick right there. The bra and panties matches. Yes. Damn. <laughs> So, that's awesome well, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this gimmick show well hey and thanks for coming on uh, now uh, tell us where we can find you and tell us where you're going to be coming up uh, you know what coming up for me is uh, some uh, corporate gigs I guess some private gigs I'm doing a provincial tour in Newfoundland uh, to uh, small town bars is what I'm going to do because they're, uh, they're the best audiences man they're, they're friggin phenomenal because they don't get a lot of uh, outside entertainment anyway and stand up is something that very rarely goes to small communities Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a small uh, tour of Newfoundland called Beer Essentials, and uh, just going to be doing small bars basically. Well, and folks, uh, after that, I'm gonna be heading off again. I do tours with the, uh, the military, doing shows over for troops over in Europe. So that's fun. That's fantastic. And where can we find you yep. online? Uh, Facebook, basically. Uh, John Sheen Entertainment on Facebook is the best way to best way to check me out. Get get to reach me. All right, you've heard it here, folks. Uh, John Sheen on behalf of John behalf of myself uh thank you for talking thank you for joining us on talking wrestling let's put his headlock on your ears and uh we'll see you and you'll hear us next time all right thank you very much have a good day that's great man awesome yeah it was fun yeah yeah i'm glad we did it i'm glad we did it in fact that's uh sometimes you get started these lists and you're like fuck yeah. you know i'm like we're halfway right? through the first list. It's like, are we gonna are we gonna cover the time because we're going so quickly? And the next thing you know, it's like fuck, an hour and six minutes. Holy fuck, <laughs> you know, like this is a yeah. long one, but uh, but it's great, awesome. Thanks for coming on, bud. and thanks for any time. You got another idea? Right, shoot it to me, and uh, and we'll get you on again. Awesome.
I will. I'm a fan. All right. Thanks, John. Have a great one. Later. Bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 